0: Alright, so we'll just go ahead and start with a passage this week. There's only four verses. Um, push the right button. Alright, so it will be on the screen. You're welcome to follow along uh, on your portable device, or which could be a hard copy of a Bible, whatever you have there. Matthew chapter 6, verses 1 to 4. Jesus speaking, he says, Beware of practicing your righteousness before other people in order to be seen by them. For then you will have no reward from your Father who is in heaven. Thus, when you give to the needy, sound no trumpet before you, as the hypocrites do in the synagogues and in the streets, that they may be praised by others. Truly, I say to you, they have received their reward. But when you give to the needy, do not let your left hand know what your right hand is doing, so that your giving may be in secret. And your Father, who sees in secret, will reward you. Alright, so that's our passage this morning. So, what's going on here? And You go, wow, I think the message here is that God wants us to make righteous choices in private, not as a way to get praise from others. And so this is kind of a deep thing as I pondered it. I'll just share with you kind of what, what I think it's saying. But as with many things in the Bible, it's very deep and it's very complex. And so there's a lot of things that are head scratchers and heart searchers. And that's my encouragement to you is don't make this be, hey, I just sort of heard what Greg said and we'll just go with it. I encourage you to meditate upon this passage. Take it home this week and pray about it and see what God is saying to you. And of course, I'm always glad to help you wrestle with it. If you want to talk about it later or this week or whatever, you're always welcome to give me a call or an email or come up and see me. All right, so the deeper level we're going to look at today, we're going to talk about God's reward. And it's this. I think this passage is telling us because Jesus said it. God rewards us For making righteous choices. Now, Jesus says rewards not just the three times here in this passage, but it's from end to end in the Bible. By some counts, it's anywhere from 30 to 40 times. He talks about rewards. And so we're going to look at all 30 to 40 of those verses this morning. I'm kidding. We're going to look at just a couple here briefly. Okay, the first one, Ephesians 6, 8. Knowing that whatever good anyone does, this he will receive back from the Lord. Okay, so there we see a principle that when we do something good, there's something coming back to us as a reward from God. Another verse, 1 Corinthians 3. No one can lay a foundation other than that which is laid, which is Jesus Christ. Now, if anyone builds on the foundation with gold, silver, precious stones, wood, hay, straw, each one's work will become manifest, for the day will disclose it. Because it will be revealed by fire, and the fire will test what sort of work each one has done. Man, there's a lot of things going on in that scripture, right? And we won't tackle that today, but the next part is the key. If the work that anyone has built on the foundation survives, he will receive a reward you build spiritually upon this foundation, you'll receive a reward. The next verse, Revelation chapter 22, verse 12, we're talking about the end of time. And Jesus says, behold, I am coming soon, bringing my recompense with me to repay each one for what he's done. Sounds like there's something having to do with the reward there. Psalm 512, if you read the one year Bible, we read this verse this week. David says, For you bless the righteous, O Lord. You cover him with favor as with a shield. Who gets the Lord's favor? The righteous, right? Hebrews 11.6, we're all familiar with this great verse. And without faith, it is impossible to please him, for whoever would draw near to God must believe that he exists and that he rewards those who seek him. So there we go. God rewards those who seek him. 2 John 1.8, this is the last one. Watch yourselves so that you may not lose what we have worked for, but may win a full reward. Clearly something is going on here and that something that's going on is that God rewards us for making righteous choices. But what does that mean? What does that mean? Well, let's step back and define the terms. What is a reward? What is a reward? Well, I was like, I don't know, how would I define it? So I went to the source of all knowledge and information, the internet, and the internet told me this. It says, a reward is a thing given in recognition of one's service, effort, or achievement. A thing given in recognition of one's service, effort, or achievement. So, clearly from this passage in Matthew, God says, I will recognize your service, your effort, your achievement in the spiritual realm. Somehow, what does that mean? Well, sometimes to figure things out, we have to ask sort of the the opposite question. What is the reward not? I think we can be pretty sure what the reward is not. And the first thing that I want to emphasize today, and we have got to get this right in our minds as believers, is that salvation is not the reward that Jesus is talking about in this passage. Salvation is not the reward. Now, can we look at, oh, I get to go to heaven, I get to be right with God, man, that is an amazing and an incredible thing, and I get to do it, and wow, what a blessing and a reward. Yes, we can look at it that way, and that's true. But that's not what Jesus is talking about in this passage. We know that salvation is a free gift. Romans 6.23 on the screen there, it says the wages of sin is death. But, the free gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. It's very clear. The free gift of God, not the response of God, the reward of God is salvation, is eternal life. No, the free gift. The free gift. Salvation is not the reward. Salvation is not dependent upon what I do. So if you've received the free gift of salvation, you're saved, period. That's it. We've got to be clear about this in our mind. Now, there's another thing. Not only is the reward not salvation, the reward is not some kind of barometer of God's love for us. See the verse there, Romans 5a, God shows his love for us in this, that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us so as I think about this I think about family I think about being a family and I think about kids and I know a number of you here today have your own children and when you think about your kids that's probably even though we're, in, we're human and we're, we're broken and we're imperfect it's probably the closest thing we can get to in terms of unconditional love am I right? yeah and so think about that parents parents If you're not parents, just sort of imagine what maybe that's like to be parents. Is you have this child, or these children, or in my case, a half dozen of them. Man, you love them. As as close to unconditionally as possible. You love them. And man, sometimes they do some really boneheaded things, don't they? I love you guys. It's okay. I did bonehead things. I still do boneheaded things. Right? And that's okay. I still love them. My love for my kids is not dependent upon what they do. And if you're a parent, your love for your kids is probably not dependent upon what they do. And so, the reward that we're talking about here is not some barometer. And the reason, another reason it's not a barometer is because we understand that God loves us where at the max at the maximum level it's already at the max it doesn't rise and fall according to what we do it's at the max how do we know it's at the max oh, we are still sinners, Christ died for us who is Christ? his son not just his son, his only son we've said this before and I'll say it again you guys, I love you guys you guys are you know good people we're all sinners, right, but you're good people I might die for you I'm not giving up one of my sons for you. And I have three more, even if I gave one up. (laughs) God had one, one son, and he sent him to die in your place. So God's love is already at the max, and so when God is talking about rewards for righteous choices, it doesn't have anything to do with how much he loves us. So what is the reward? What is the reward? Well... I think we can look at it this way. It's just one expression of God's love for us. Go back to the example of our kids. You reward your kids, don't you? Sometimes I reward my kids. I'm like, let's go to Chick-fil-A. Frosted lemonade time, right? That's what we do. It's a reward. It's one expression. Go to Chick-fil-A, it's one expression of my love for my kids. Is it the only expression? No. Is it a barometer of how much I love my kids? No. No, it's not. And so the reward is also a supernatural outcome for faith choices. And what are those faith choices? We go, man, there's faith choices and we've got to sort of figure those out. Well, a lot of times they're what, not what the world tells us to do. First Corinthians 3.19, the wisdom of the world is folly with God. So if I'm not going to get the answer of what righteous choices are from the world, where am I going to get the answer from what I should do to do make righteous choices in my life? Well, we've got God's Word. God hasn't left us alone. He's given us His Word and we need to read the Word and understand what it is. Furthermore, He's given us the Holy Spirit. He's given us the opportunity to pray and be in communication. We have to be in communication with the Creator of the universe. And he's also given us a, a family, a church, fellow believers that we can interact with and say, am I making righteous choices or not here? God hasn't left us alone to figure it out. And so if we understand that God rewards us for making righteous choices, what, what, what does that reward? What What does it really look like? Well, God is a big God and he's amazing he's all powerful he's all knowing and so his reward i really think can take on various forms and so i tried to quantify that i'm not sure that i can but we'll give it a shot here one form his reward takes is a physical good galatians 6 9 let us not become weary in doing good for at the proper time we will reap a harvest if we do not give up so you could see there's this principle of you reap what you sow there's a physical good that comes from doing physical good things right so like an example say if you're like me and you've got a park in your neighborhood and maybe it's got a bunch of trash a bunch of litter and you're like "Wow, it's kind of gross i do want my kids playing there i really don't want to go hang out there and so what do you do you're a good person you're gonna do a righteous thing you're gonna go down there you're gonna pick up the litter and so what's the reward a clean park Right? Or you go, man, I got this body, I got to take care of it. I'm going to eat nutritionally. I'm going I'm to do right by my body. I'm going to exercise. I'm going to get enough sleep. I'm going to take care of myself. Well, chances are pretty good. The payoff from that is going to be you're going to be healthy. Right? You know, we can even put this into practice somewhat, you know, with church and with serving, right? So, I just, I love the coffee. I love coming in this morning and getting my cup of coffee. It's the best coffee. Thanks, Ned and Anna and Charlotte. I was making coffee this morning, too. appreciate you guys doing it, right? But you guys and all the others who are on the cafe team, you get sort of a physical reward from doing that, don't you? You show up, you come in here early at 8 o'clock, and you're shopping, you're getting the food, you put it together. But at the end of the day, you get really good coffee, so you got some physical reward that comes from a righteous choice and we thank you for serving there there's also a spiritual good that comes from God's reward James 4.8 it says come near to God and he will come near to you and so one of those rewards for righteous choices are we get to have a closer relationship with God right so the verse says hey I can do righteous things to get near to God and God's going to come near to me What a reward. What about that second verse, Psalm 3730? The mouth of the righteous utters wisdom and his tongue speaks justice. Do you notice it doesn't say the mouth of the PhD speaks wisdom? No. It's the mouth of the righteous. We make righteous choices. We get wisdom. Wow. What a spiritual reward that is. Another form of the reward is An eternal reward. We've already said, hey, you get the free gift of salvation, you get to go into eternity, that's great. But check this out. We read this several weeks ago in Matthew 5. Jesus said, Blessed are you when others revile you and persecute you and utter all kinds of evil against you falsely on my account. Rejoice and be glad. Why? For your reward is great. Where? In heaven. Your reward is great in heaven. And so somehow, some way, in God's economy, there is reward in heaven. And we're not going to dive into what that looks like today. But I think what God is saying is, there will be extra special good for you in heaven when you make righteous choices here. So how do I get to this reward? How do I get it? How do I get it? Well, we know this, and this is review. Jesus has paid the penalty. There's something standing between you and God, and it's your sin. And if you've received that free gift, the penalty is paid. You can choose righteousness freely. 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 Faith allows us the freedom to choose to do righteous things. Now, notice we go back to that verse, right? Jesus says, "Beware of practicing your righteousness." Of practicing your righteousness. Now, I don't think this means like we like I'll go to go to show up at the football field like for football practice and be like, "Okay, we're gonna like rehearse righteousness." Right? I don't think that's what it means. Although I think there is probably an element about this life. Being a rehearsal. Right? So, what is faith? Faith is believing the unseen. 2 Corinthians 4 16 to 18. Paul says, For this light and momentary affliction is preparing us for an eternal weight of glory beyond all comparison as we look not to the things that are seen, But to the things that are unseen, for the things that are seen are transient, but the things that are unseen are eternal. So why do we have faith? He says it right here. We have faith because we believe in a realm that is unseen. It's like there's a curtain between us and this unseen realm. and this, we, we can't see it, and so faith means I am living in the belief that there's something behind that curtain. And someday, I'm going to die, and I'm going to walk up to that curtain, and God's going to open that curtain, and the unseen realm will be seen. And I won't need faith anymore. And so in that sense, the righteousness, the things that we are doing in this life are preparing us as if it was a rehearsal. But I don't think that's what Jesus is saying. I think what he's saying is, do the right thing. I went back to the source of all information, the internet, and it tells me that the word practice also means to perform an action systematically or regularly. Now, some of us work in professions. Those of you who don't know me, I, I work as an architect. And now, sometimes people will say, well, do you do architecture? That's actually not the appropriate English. It's a profession. In a profession, you don't do it, you practice it. If I say, I practice architecture. Now, that doesn't mean I go down to my basement and I, I get out like a straight edge and I practice drawing straight lines in the hopes that eventually I get to do a building. No. It means I systematically and regularly do it. And that's what Jesus is saying. He's saying, open yourself to God's reward by systematically choosing righteousness. Do practice it. Systematically and regularly choose righteousness. So, if God's reward is one expression of love, and I make righteous choices as a response to that, that's great. But what's really neat about this passage is Jesus gives us a reward because he goes, Well, things can maybe not go so well for you when you do this. And so he says, Beware, you can manipulate the reward from God. You can manipulate the reward. Well, how? What does he say? Well, we can claim it now. Well, what, what would be some examples of that, right? And when I thought about it. I, I realized that in the world, I mean, a number of you probably work for, for this happens a lot with larger companies. And they go, hey, we've got volunteer in the community day. And they go and they conscript their employees <laughs> to come in on a Saturday. Oh, it's volunteer, right? But it's actually probably mandatory. And they come and they, they clean up and they do something. They do some really good work in the community. But then what do they do? they to go put that over all of their marketing materials. So that they can tell their customers, hey, look. Look at the good stuff we do. Look at the good stuff we do. Right, And we do this on our own, too. I don't, know, I don't know if you're getting ready to start doing college applications or any of you who've, who've done college applications, those kind of things, and you're going, or making resumes, and you go, Mm, man, I would look really good on this if I had some community service. And so you're really looking to sort of leverage that community service into some sort of good. You can, you're trying to claim some reward here and now. It's easy to to look to cash in on an earthly reward for our acts of service. And we do this by sounding the trumpet, right? There's the verse again on the screen. Jesus says, when you give to the needy, sound no trumpet before you as the hypocrites do in the synagogues and in the streets that they may be praised by others. I say to you, they have received their reward. And so I got to ask myself when I'm making righteous choices and doing righteous things, I got to say, am I just marketing? Am I marketing? Am I just marketing myself? Am I looking for reward on this side of heaven? Am I looking for a tangible reward now? Or not? I could think of a lot of applications of this. One of the ones that kind of came to my mind that I thought I'd share today is the idea of giving money giving money sacrificially a number of you as Brad announced and thank you for and we thank you again that you give sacrificially here and there's other places to give there's other great organizations out there you can give money to but in the United States what happens when we give money to charitable organizations? we get a little tax deduction don't we? and so I think a good heart check for any one of us for me for you is if you're giving money are you giving that so you get that tax deduction? If you're doing that, you're trying to claim that reward. I'm trying to claim that reward if that's what I'm doing. And so you have to ask, if I didn't get that tax deduction, would I give that money? There's a heart check there. And there's many more applications and examples of that I won't go into today. But when we think about this, what does Jesus call this? He calls this kind of righteousness hypocrisy, right? He says, sound no trumpet before you as the hypocrites do. Oh hypocrites are one who sound the trumpet and try to draw attention or make claim to that reward now and remember a few weeks ago we talked about how Jesus calls out hypocrisy and he says hypocrisy one form of hypocrisy is when we say hey here's here's sin and I'm going to draw a circle around this sin and there's some other stuff that's actually sin but I'm going to pretend like that's not sin I'm going to say yeah you sinners over there and I'm over here when reality of the circle goes all the way around us and we're all sinners That's one form of hypocrisy. And here's another form of hypocrisy. We choose righteousness as a means of self-promotion in the eyes of others. So, don't do good as a means of promoting yourself. And that brings us right back to the beginning. And Jesus is saying, Make righteous choices as a form of private worship of God. Now you see this picture on the screen, a little boy with a lawnmower. That doesn't look safe, does it? Like that's it's like all the moms in here are like ready to gonna run and grab that little boy, right? So I put this up here because I think there's a good illustration. It's come to my mind. Right? I I don't know, some of you really like to work in your yard. I really don't. And if you see my yard, you'll understand why I don't really like to look in it, because it's a pain, it's hot, I, I just don't like it. But the lawn has got to be mowed, right? If I don't mow the lawn, the weeds grow, the grass grows, the snakes come in, you know, it's just not, it's a mess, the neighbors look at me funny, there's all these kind of reasons why I mow the lawn, it's got to get mowed, right? But my kids are smart, and you could imagine any of my kids, one of them coming to me and saying, Hey, Dad. I know you don't like mowing the lawn. I know it needs to be mowed. Uh, how about you give me a dollar and I'll mow the lawn? And I go. I might say, I might just tell them to do it, right? Because they're my kids. But let's just say I go. Okay, that sounds like a fair deal. You mow the lawn and I'll give you a dollar. So they go out and they mow the lawn. And they come in and they say it's done. I go, great. Here's your dollar. We move on. But there's another scenario. So in the second scenario, the kid says, Man, I'm not supposed to mow the lawn, but I know Dad doesn't love to mow the lawn, but it really needs to be mowed. So the kid goes over and opens the garage and takes out the lawnmower and goes out and mows the lawn and takes the grass and bags it up and throws it in the trash and puts the lawnmower away and shuts the door and comes inside and goes about their business. And doesn't tell anybody, Hey, look, I mowed the lawn, or Hey, Dad, I mowed the lawn. And just goes and does it. Well, ultimately, I'm going to notice... They mowed the lawn. And why did my kid mow the lawn in that scenario? Because they love me. Theoretically. (laughs) (laughs) But it's like that with God. See, in that first scenario, nothing bad or wrong happened, did it? Nothing bad or wrong happened. The grass needed to be mowed. Someone said, let me mow it and give me a reward for it. And I said, okay. And we gave it and they moved on. Right? There's nothing wrong with that sort of volunteerism of, hey, we're going to go out and we're going to do this stuff so that people will see that we've done this stuff and then we'll get whatever sort of marketing leverage out of it. There's not necessarily anything wrong with that. Good is accomplished. It's not worship. Right? Because when we go to these two scenarios... The first scenario was transactional. I do this and you give me that. Okay. The second one was relational. And that's what God's after with righteous choices. He's after a relationship with us. He's after a relationship. And that's where we want to be as believers. That's what Jesus is calling us to in this passage, is to be relational to worship God, to have righteousness be an opportunity to say, man, God, I just love you. You love me at the maximum level, and so my pitiful little human sinful tainted response to you is to just worship you as I can so I think when we look at the passage, I think Jesus is really telling us that when we make righteous choices out of a loving response to his maximum love, remember he loves us at that maximum level, and when we take those choices and we detach them from the transactional give and take that the world has with things, then we can expect that God's going to reward us some way maybe it's going to be physical or maybe it's going to be spiritual or maybe it's going to be eternal it's not going to be until we pass through that curtain and walk into the unseen realm but we go man God you'll reward me and that's great but I'm doing it because I love you so as I close here today I want us to maybe think through some things think through your choices and the first question I'd ask you is are you choosing righteousness at all some of you today are maybe sitting here going, yeah, that sounds great about making righteous choices, but I'm not really making righteous choices. And to that I'd say, have you forgotten that you have a freedom in Christ? You are free in Christ to choose righteousness. And the second question I ask you is, which of those children are you? Are you the child who's mowing God's lawn for the dollar? Or are you mowing God's lawn because you love him? Pray. Yeah, God, I, I I'm just humbled by the economy that you've set up. I'm just humbled by the fact that Man, so many in the world, and Lord, maybe there's even some people here today who, we ask that question, we say, you know, if you stand before God when you die, and he says, why should I let you into heaven? You say, man, because I'm a good person. Because I've done some good stuff. I've gotten, done some good deeds. And God, that, that's really how the world would approach things. But you have seen fit to love us at the maximum level and give up your one and only son to die in our place. God, let us us grasp that reality. God, by your Spirit, we trust that we can then respond and say, God, we're going to make righteous choices. God, wow, we're going to make righteous choices and those choices are going to be just because we love you. They're not going to be we're not going to be doing those things so that we can get the praise of men or obtain favor or gifts here in this life. We're doing it just because we love you and Man, God, how awesome that your son, Jesus, says right here, you do that and you're even still going to get a reward. Wow. What love for us that you have, God, that you would follow on our response to your maximum love with more love. God, help us to claim that, to walk in that. We want to claim your reward in your timing, whether it's here physically or spiritually, or when we step through those curtains into eternity. God, thank you for loving us. Thank you for your son, Jesus. In his name we pray, amen.